Hi, Evangel family, and those that are watching from wherever you are and, and joining with us today in worship. Uh, it's a privilege and an honor to be with you in your living room or or wherever you're watching this from. Uh, I'm excited about some, some of the things that God has put on my heart to share with you. Uh, but just before we do that, I, I want to mention uh, this past week we've been in here at at Evangel, we've been in our week of prayer, which we generally do every every January, praying for the year ahead, praying for wisdom, praying for direction, praying for our our church, our city, our province, our world, uh, for for a move of God that we know is is in process and is 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 uh, underway. And we're just uh, thankful for what God is doing, what he wants to do. Uh, we had a chance to pray through our entire church family roster. So if you are if you consider yourself part of our, our church family, um, we prayed for you this week. And, uh, and just know that you are being lifted up in prayer. And uh, we just, uh, we, we've been hearing some unique things from the Lord and just believe that God has uh, great things ahead for us in 2022. So uh, we just pray that, uh, ask that you'll continue praying with us for, for the Spirit of God to move upon our church family, to bring new, uh, new life, new uh, enthusiasm, and new passion for the things of God, and uh, to give new clarity to our mission and new energy for us to carry it out. So uh, thank you for those of you who joined with us in many different ways this week. It was an interesting uh, week of prayer to do it online, but thank you for joining us. Let me ask you today, what do you truly want more than anything? What do you want? If you're like most of us, you long to belong. You long to be understood. You long to feel that you are loved and cared for and that your life matters and has purpose. Uh, I think those are things, those are good things. Those are things that God created us to long for, to crave, to desire. And uh, when, he, when he created the human race in, in, in goodness and perfection, um, those were things that we had in him. And... Those were also things that we lost, um, at least in their most meaningful and most complete sense. We became disconnected from God as our Father. We lost our home in Him. But the gospel, the good news that, uh, that I want to share with you today and that, we're, that we stand for, is that what Jesus did by his death and resurrection was to make a way for us to be reconciled to the Father, to be reconnected to him, and to, to once again know him as our Father and as our, uh, you know, as, as the place we belong. Because of Jesus, you can come home to the Father. We can find in our Heavenly Father everything that, that we were made for and everything that will truly and, and, 
completely fulfill our lives. Let me say it this way. Jesus didn't just come to save you from judgment and hell, but Jesus came to make you a son or daughter of God. This week in prayer, um, I've been brought back again to a phrase in scripture that has, has really gripped me many times over the last couple of years. Uh, it's just, just really jumped out at me a number of times during prayer times and so on. And, uh, and I want to just share a little bit about it with you today. We're going to turn to, just turn in your Bibles or Bible apps um, to Acts chapter 2. And uh, this is, of course, the, the very beginnings of the church when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. And, uh, and the, uh, the early believers that were there, that were filled with the Spirit, spilled out into the streets. And, uh, uh, and, and there were curious onlookers that were wondering what was going on. And, and Peter, Peter stood up to begin to explain what had happened, what they were what they were um, witnessing. And as he was explaining it, he began to preach. And he, he quoted from Joel chapter 2. And uh, we find this in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 17. And he says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. And Peter says there, uh, as, he, as he quotes that, he says, this is that. The passage that you, that you have known and read from Joel when he spoke of what would happen in the last days. Well, that has just happened. And, and Peter goes on to explain it. But the phrase, your sons and daughters will prophesy, has, has come again and again to me, to my attention from the Lord, and, and again this week. Um, and I want to share with you today some of what I believe the Lord is saying to us through this. You know, God is not looking for slaves for servants, for worker bees, just to get his job done. Um, he's looking for sons and daughters. The difference is the difference of identity, of identity. Many of us would say, you know, we're saved. We've, we've At some point in our lives, we had an experience with God where we made a commitment to follow Jesus. We... we um, you know, we, we came into a relationship with God through Christ. We trust and know that we, uh, we have a, a, a space reserved for us in heaven and, uh, and we are cleansed from our sins. But many, for many of us, it, it doesn't, it kind of stops there. We, we maybe don't dare to believe that there's more available for us than that. Uh, we're, we, some of us live as orphans because we don't really know or believe what God has for us as his children, as his sons and daughters. We're, we're like the prodigal son who came home 
and he had a speech all planned. Do you remember the speech? He he came home and and you know just as he had planned it, he says to his father the moment he meets him, "I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son." And for some of us, that's our speech. Right? We we we're thankful for the grace of God to rescue us and save us. And we feel like we're no longer worthy to be called his son. And so God, just make me a servant. Just make me a slave and, and, and I'll settle for that. And because of that, we get stuck there and we live as orphans and slaves. But what did the father in Jesus' parable say to the son when he began his speech? It says, but the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And that's in Luke chapter 15 verses 22 to 24. Jesus, by, by telling this parable, was demonstrating the heart of the Father uh, to those who would repent and return to him. God's heart towards you, full adoption, full welcome into the family. You belong with me. That is the heart of the Father towards you today. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. It, it is the nature of of true sons and true daughters to know the heart of their father. It is in the nature of sons and daughters to prophesy, to speak and minister out of the father's heart. I believe the Lord is saying that trying to get people that are living as orphans and slaves to prophesy is much harder than Raising up sons and daughters who will by nature prophesy. I believe that it's going to be key for us as a, as a church family in the days ahead. It's going to be key for many of us to cross the line from being spiritual orphans and slaves to being true sons and daughters. How do you know which one you are? How, how do I know if I'm not living as a son or daughter. Well, if you, have to, if you have to wonder if the Father loves you, if you have to wonder if he accepts you, if you, have to, if you find yourself feeling like you have to earn his love and his approval, if you doubt your place in the family, and if you constantly feel as though you have something to prove, then you've not fully embraced your inheritance as a son or a daughter. This is a key discipleship issue. If, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, we said that one of the big key focuses that we feel the Lord is leading us into this year is discipleship. It's a big word that means being a student of Jesus and his ways and learning to help others be students of Jesus and his ways. And there's maybe nothing more key 
to true discipleship than learning to come into our identity as sons and daughters. Jesus began his ministry hearing the Father say to him these words, You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Luke 3.22 was right after he was baptized by John the Baptist. He comes out of the water. The Spirit of God descends on him in a form like a dove. And the Father speaks these words over Jesus. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And this sense of love and belonging from the heart of the Father was what fueled Jesus, not only for the 40 days of trial in the desert and temptation that he would face immediately after, but for all of his three years of ministry, um, Jesus was fueled by these words that, that spoke into his identity, that he is a son of the Father. Jesus did not work for his father's love and approval, but he worked from his love and approval. And the same experience is vital for us as followers of Jesus, as children of God, as people of the kingdom who, yes, are called to do work and ministry for him, but not as orphans and slaves, but as sons and daughters. Um, <clears throat> we come into our relationship with Jesus out of the world, out of our brokenness, out of the, 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 the corruption of sin and the things that, we've, that, that have tainted our lives. And we, we come into a relationship with Jesus with so many questions about our identity. Um, and uh, and I, I believe that part of our discipleship journey, our growing journey, in coming to know Christ and, and to know the heart of the Father, is to have those questions answered. Who am I? Does the Father love me? Do I belong? And, and many of us didn't have that when we came to the faith. We didn't have spiritual parents who helped us discover the answer to those questions. Maybe you had a, a Sunday school class and, and uh, you had a great Sunday school teacher, but but maybe not a spiritual father or mother. Um, maybe you were part of an alpha course or, or something like that, but, but uh, God intends for us to have and to be spiritual parents that help people find their way to the heart of the Father. Paul gives us a, a glimpse of this, uh, of this process in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14. And following, he says, I'm writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Notice that 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 tenderness that, that Paul has for the Corinthian Christians. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I have sent you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. And he will remind you of my way in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. 
And, uh, and so you, you just sense the, the heart, the father heart of Paul towards these Corinthian Christians. And, and he speaks of how he has fathered, and we see this elsewhere in, in, in Paul's letters to Timothy, how he has fathered Timothy in the faith. And now he's sending Timothy to carry on that, that fathering work, that parenting work to, to help the Corinthians come into this relationship with their heavenly father in a more full and intimate way. As we, uh, as, as Evangel, as we prepare to dive into an intensive eight-week study of emotionally healthy spirituality and the biblical principles that are found in that book over the next eight weeks, um, I believe this principle of being sons and daughters is maybe one of the biggest keys to walking in emotional health as followers of Christ. If we truly know who we are and that the Father fully, truly, completely loves us, then we have nothing to prove to anyone. We have no reason to be competitive with others or to be manipulative or to be defensive in our hearts, our attitudes, even when people criticize us. And yet these traits of competitive and manipulation and defensiveness, if we're honest, often creep up in our hearts. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. I believe that before we look to help anyone else become sons and daughters in their journey with Christ, we have to start with me. We have to ask, do I truly know who I am as a child of God? Do I live from the Father's heart and approval, or am I still trying to earn it, right? Paul writes in Galatians chapter 4, four verse, uh, starting in verse 4, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Now that's, uh, I often explain this, but that's, that's not just the, the males that are hearing this today. Um, this, this calling, this adoption to sonship uh, in, in Paul's culture uh, it was only sons, not daughters, that could inherit. And so Paul is saying to you, whether you are male or female, he's saying to you that um, uh, that you are an heir, that you have been adopted to the role of sonship so that you can be a full heir. He goes on to say, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you an heir. Paul is saying that we are not meant to live as slaves and orphans, but to step into our inheritance as sons and daughters. 
We can do this because of the Holy Spirit of adoption that has been given to us. The Holy Spirit lives. If you have have come into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, if you've surrendered your life to Jesus and you're a follower of his, then the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. And and he makes the 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 connection of your spirit to the to the father's spirit to the father's heart and um and he's the one that makes you a son a daughter and that 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 you can truly cry out abba father part of this the reality is is a decision that happens in a moment when we uh, we come to the understanding that uh that we need to leave behind this, this mindset of orphans and slaves and, and enter in as sons and daughters. And, and some of it is a process that happens over time. We must come to the place of realizing that we've been working before now, before this moment, um, for something that is already ours, right? We're, we're wanting to become sons and daughters. We're wanting to earn the Father's love when he's been lavishing it on us all along. From the moment you said yes to him, you he has considered you a son, a daughter. The enemy would lie to you. I mean, he's he's a liar. He's a stinking liar who wants to destroy you. And he would lie to you and say, you have to work harder. You have to try more. You have to do more. The enemy would be just as happy to keep you as a slave of religion as much as a slave of sin. He doesn't really care. If you're a slave to religion or a slave to sin, either way, you're not free. And you're not living in your in the fullness that's available to you as a son and daughter of God. And your effectiveness will be so much more uh, diminished compared to w- what we can do when we walk in our authority as sons and daughters of God. And so the, the sinner must repent from their sin and the religious person must repent from their religion. And and we must leave both of these things behind us and turn to Christ and be set free from trying to make something of ourselves and let the Father make us his child. Isn't that powerful? Stop trying to make something of ourselves and let the Father make us his child. Once we begin to embrace our true identity as sons and daughters and begin to live as heirs and children of God, then we can help others do the same. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. This means that that we want, um, once we grab a hold of this truth, we want this to become the culture and the atmosphere of our church family. And we want this to be a place um, where, where as we learn how to walk as sons and daughters, we help the children and youth who grow up in, in the evangel family to grow up into this understanding and this destiny of knowing that they are sons and daughters of God. On our watch, those who grow up on our watch, we want them to grow up knowing that they are sons and daughters and walk in the authority that is theirs. We want those who come to know Jesus as adults or young adults in our church to also 
be raised up into this understanding. And, and if this is our culture, then it will become so much more natural to just, you know, as soon as someone comes to Christ, they begin to grab hold of the this this um, this identity, this understanding that they are sons and daughters of God. This week, folks, I want to challenge you as we prepare our hearts for a big learning time together in the next eight weeks. This is going to be huge, and we need to prepare ourselves for this. And I want to ask you, um, as we do that, to ask yourself whether you most often live with a slave mindset or the mindset of a son or daughter of God in your relationship with the Father. There's no judgment in this question. Um, just an invitation to discover that whether, uh, you know, whether you've been walking with Jesus for 30 minutes or 30 years, that there might be more for you in this life than you've ever even tasted or dreamed yet. God wants to bring us out of slavery and, um, you know, slavery to, to effort, slavery to, um, you know, trying to, to sh prove ourselves, right? To bring us out of those things and bring us into the freedom, into the, the, the joy, into the, um, the authority that comes from knowing that we are sons and daughters of the King, sons and daughters of the Most High. And, uh, and folks, that's available for every one of us. I want to invite you, come home to the Father. Come home to his love. Come home to his, his acceptance and his plan and purpose for your life. God bless you. Let me pray for you today. God, I thank you for your love for each one of us your love for each person that's joined in with us to worship today. I thank you, God, that you're at work in our lives. And I thank you for all that you accomplished in Jesus' death and resurrection. I thank you that because of what Jesus has done, we are not slaves to religion. We are not slaves to, um, you know, to our own religious effort trying to prove something to you. But God, we have been forgiven, we've been cleansed, we've been brought into the family, we've been given a destiny and a, and a, a purpose. And God, your spirit lives on the inside of us and, and we, can, we can know a, a joy and a peace of serving you. We can know an intimacy with the Father and walking with you in, in a whole new way. And I pray for those who have been stuck in that, um, that, that mindset of, of a slave, that mindset of an orphan that, that, that never quite yet fully grasped or, or grab, grabbed hold of the love that you have for them. And today, I pray would be a turning point for their lives and that you would draw them to yourself in a whole new way. And I pray this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.